It is the 200 level episode 192. It's been a long time. No, that's not a typo. Lante is joining the show in just a bit after this opening segment. Great to catch up with our old friend. Way back from the 93.5 days, we reminisced a little bit about previous Illini teams. What we didn't talk about is the fact that the last time Illinois made the NCAA tournament, this was in the early days of Tay and Jay, the Tay and Jay show on 93.5, the legendary Tay and Jay show. And we did a remote from Jupiter's at the Crossing on that March weekend. It was a beautiful Friday when Illinois beat Colorado. Now, if you recall that game, Illinois led early, and then I don't think either team scored, or at least Illinois went in this 12-minute scoring drought, and it was like pulling teeth. But they won, and they set up a matchup against Miami that Sunday. And you might recall that that weekend went from like 65 and sunny all the way down to a blizzard, like 12 inches of snow that Sunday evening into Monday morning. I couldn't even get to work. My car would not get out of the driveway. So that was how much the weather shifted. And of course, Sunday night losing to Miami in the way that you did was disappointing, but there was still this sense of a moral victory and that John Gross might turn this thing around. Eh, wrong. So here we are eight years later, and what a way, (laughs) what a long path it's been to get back to the NCAA tournament. But not just that, to do so in this fashion and be the one seed and be Big Ten champions and be one of the favorites to win the national championship just makes this all surreal. And there have been many pinch me moments. Pinch me, this cannot be real, but it is. It's real and it's about to happen. So as I sit here recording this opening segment on St. Patrick's Day, the sun's starting, well, not quite. It is kind of a gloomy St. Patrick's Day. And then Thursday, the day before Illinois plays, is going to be torrential rain. And then finally, we're going to wake up Friday. It's going to be a sunny day, 50 degrees. Beautiful start to the NCAA tournament. One versus 16. Drexel, don't know much about him. But what a moment, right? We get the third game in this NCAA tournament, at least in the round of 64, the third game on that Friday. The nation will be watching as they're tuning in to watch as many games as they can during an extended lunch, and you will be the early showcase. And I'm hoping it's just a very uneventful game. I go back to the 1-16 versus matchup against Fairleigh Dickinson back in 2005. You were up one at halftime, and then eventually you won by double digits. I don't know how scared any of us actually were, but, you know, you hope to be up more than one against Drexel on Friday. Go back to 2001, Northeastern State, or Northwestern State, I forget which one, but you played them after they won the first ever play-in game in 2001 over in Dayton. Won that one handily, I think by 30 points or so. Then you'd have to go back to 89, and if I recall, the path for them was McNeese State, Ball State, uh, Syracuse? I feel like I'm missing one team in there, but they had a pretty tough road to get to the Final Four, including, I think they were trailing Syracuse in the Elite Eight by seven or eight at halftime. All that is to say, this is not going to be super smooth, I don't think. Maybe it is. I mean, maybe this Illinois team just does what they did against Michigan, and they just run roughshod over the competition, even the good teams. But there will be moments where we are scared and we're nervous. It's March. We know that any loss, that's it. There's no coming back from it. And I think as fans myself included, it's difficult to detach yourself from that fear and knowing how empty and disappointed we would feel if they go out early in this tournament. So I understand the trepidation, no matter the opponent. I understand the trepidation if you were to play Loyola Chicago on Sunday with Sister Jean. No offense to Sister Jean. I'm sure she's a great lady, 101 years old. What a great human interest story. But you know what? When I'm watching my basketball games, I don't want the sideshow. I'm there to watch the game. I don't need the cutesy story. I don't need Tyler Hainsborough's parents. Remember that back in the day? They were always on the screen as if I cared or gave a crap. So sorry, Sister Jean. I would actually kind of prefer Georgia Tech just beats you, so I don't need that story. But again, be careful what you wish for. Georgia Tech might be more athletic. But regardless of who you play, it is an 8-9 game. You're going to play an 8-seed or a 9-seed, and if this team's goal is to win a national title, quite simply, you get it done. You get it done. And if you look back in Illinois history, it's the one seed against the eight or the nine opponent. 2005, I think Nevada had this tall guy, name escapes me, but they had one really good player. Didn't matter. You beat them fairly handily. Go back to 2001. It was Charlotte. And I remember a little bit of trepidation going into that game because in my life, at least in my conscious existence, I don't remember the flying Illini, 
I didn't know what it was like to make a sweet 16. And they did, and they did so fairly handily, right? So that's just what you do. If you're the one seed and you're playing an eight or nine, just take care of business, get the job done. And why should we doubt this team? Why should we doubt this team? I did, out of caution, send a message to our friend Jordan Burnfield yesterday. He of many talents, play-by-play guy, does ESPN, does Comcast, you, you name the station he's worked for in the Big Ten Network, I think even maybe a little bit at some point. But Jordan has been following Loyola closely. And he says, yeah, it's a tough matchup. But Illinois is still really good, and you got Kofi, and Loyola doesn't. And at the end of the day, that should probably be enough. Because what I was trying to get out of him, and I, I have done this my entire life, whether it be like, hey, Dad, are we going to win tonight, Dad? And my dad would say, well, yeah, I think so. And then that would make me feel better. But I just said, hey, are we looking at what? A 7-8 point win, something like that, if Illinois and Loyola Chicago played? And he said, yeah, that's about right. Right? So it's not easy. Probably not going to be a blowout. But again, one seeds get the job done, at least the ones that are national title contenders. And why should we doubt this team after the gauntlet that they just faced and conquered? It's been a pretty amazing run. And I want to make sure that I don't sort of fall back into my worst tendencies as a fan. And we all have these, right? Fear and the idea of losing to a team that you shouldn't, a team derailing your best laid plans. Of course it can happen. Of course it can. But the way that this team has played and what they went through, why would we expect it to? So I will try my best this weekend to settle in, enjoy the games. There will maybe be moments of frustration, especially Sunday, and moments of even anxiety and nerves creeping in and maybe even fear that might happen. But at the end of the day, for 40 minutes on the court, I will take this team's chances over whoever they play. We talk with Lon here in just a bit. Before we get into that, just want to remind you the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. During this March Madness run, why not order calzones from dpdoe.com? And you can use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones and $6 premium and construction zones. They deliver anywhere in Champaign Urbana. So you can stay home, you can imbibe with your favorite beverage, and they will bring a piping hot calzone to your door as you're watching all the games. That's not a bad deal, right? dpdo.com. Got to thank Fourth and Kirby. Online at fourthandkirby.com. I ordered my conference champions t-shirt. I waited until they beat Ohio State. I felt like I might be jinxing them if I pre-ordered it too early. But that, I believe, is shipping today for anyone else that got those conference champion t-shirts. I also got my Corey Bradford t-shirt, which is sick. They got amazing Alani swag. And it's going to be a long month, right? Right? I think it is. So go to fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. Got to thank Brian Hansen, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. He is our guy, and he can be your guy. So go to brianismyguy.com. You get great State Farm prices, of course, but more than that, you get personalized service. And that's what he did with me and Kara when we moved to our new place. We got homeowners and auto at great State Farm prices, and they took care of everything. It was seamless. So go to brianismyguy.com for State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. And finally, Rector Construction, R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com. Not only are these guys great at what they do, so for everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between, they're great at home projects, and it is getting to be that time for home projects, right? But they're also great in the community. They've been giving back to Champaign-Urbana ever since these guys got started. Hey, you may see Isaac Ambrose on your TV screen during March Madness, during these Rector Construction commercials. So why not go online to R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com, that's RectorConstruction.com, or call them today at 217-281-7000 for a free estimate, RectorConstruction.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, Got to thank both of those guys. I spoke with Jeremy yesterday. I'm on a dual pod with Professor Sheldon Jacobson, who we had on the podcast last summer about COVID and its potential impact on athletics and colleges opening back up. But he, uh, Professor Jacobson, and some of his students, they have a bracket projection kind of thing. They work with odds and all that kind of stuff. And hey, one seeds, according to Professor Jacobson, tend to do well. And I know we we assume that, but that their paths to the final four are that much easier because they are the one seed. So take solace in that. Take solace in the fact that most of the experts and the people that know a little bit more about this than, well, let's say me, for example, 
have Illinois coming out of that bracket while still acknowledging that there will be tough teams to play. And that ranges from Stephen Bardo has Illinois in the game. And he, he would admit, and I know Stephen's done this before, he fully admits, listen, I'm not picking them because I'm an Illini guy. He genuinely believes they will make the Final Four. And he actually says they'll make the title game against Gonzaga. That seems to be the common pick here across the board. Brad Evans, same thing. Illini guy, but he kind of knows what he's talking about. And he said in Jeremy's podcast earlier this week, yeah, no, Illinois is just the most balanced team out there. Seventh in offensive efficiency in Ken Palm, seventh in defensive efficiency in Ken Palm. That is a recipe to win it all. And he predicts them beating Gonzaga. So I'm filling out my bracket tonight on Wednesday evening, which may be before you even listen to this. And I'm picking Illinois to win it all. Now we've talked about this before and why uttering the words national title. The first time we did that was after they beat Michigan at Michigan in the way that they did. 23 points without your best player. And I said, well, let's just use those two words. It's okay to say national title. And I'm not really a big believer in jinxes, though I assure you, I'm not going to be hammering national title and Final Four during any of the second half podcast. So if you're moderately stitious like I am, maybe not superstitious, but moderately stitious, don't worry. I will not jinx this team during the games. I promise you that. But yeah, I think they will win the national title. I really do. And I know this is not the first time I've said this, and I don't think I'm just trying to talk myself into it. I genuinely believe, and I think many of us do, that right now they are the best team in the country. So when you really just simplify it and say, well, who's playing the best right now? Who has potentially the most talent in the nation? Illinois is right there with Gonzaga. That's the one-two at the moment. And of course, there is Baylor looming. If they get their mojo back, that'd be an incredibly tough matchup. If you make it to the Final Four, Ohio State, we know what a bugaboo they have been. Yes, you've won two out of three, but do you really want to play them again? No offense, Buckeye fans, but I'm kind of rooting for you guys to get upended early because if we continue to progress and Ohio State's just doing their thing, oh God, no, 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 no. We, we, we don't want that. We don't want a piece of that. But yeah, I think they're going to win the national title this year. And I have mentioned before on this podcast, envisioning what that day would be like and how (laughs) you're going to hear Lon and I talk about this. It changes everything. It really does. Illinois basketball fandom is intrinsically tied into this, you know, chip on your shoulder, Murphy's law, whatever bad things could happen, will happen mindset. Despite the fact that you are one of the top 15 basketball programs in college basketball history. Despite all that, it is the absence of a national title that really, I think, feeds into our psyche and in a not so helpful way. Now, it's fun in games, like during the Michigan-Illinois Big Ten title uh, kerfuffle, let's call it, at the end of the regular season. It can be fun, right? We are the fan base of the chip on our shoulder. I know it drives other fan bases crazy, but you know what? This is our tribe. This is who we are. All of our imperfections, I wouldn't trade it for any other fan base. Illini fandom is terrific, even with our foibles. But a lot of it is informed by not having that national title. And not just not having that national title. And not just being the best program to never have won a national title. But because within the last 32 years, whether it be the 89 team or the 05 team, each of those seasons, we felt like we have the best team in the nation even if there were seeds of doubt, right? I think Lon, as you're going to hear, mentions the 89 team. We all knew that they were the best team in the nation. And they just came up against a really good Michigan at the wrong time in the national semifinal. Because the winner of that game was going to win it all. If Illinois wins that game, of course they're winning it all. But they didn't, right? So talk about a total just chip on your shoulder as a fan base. And then 05 happens. We can wash it all away with this team that is number one in the country for basically the entire season, wrecking opponents nightly. No problem. They just kind of easily go through it. Oh, lose to Ohio State. That messes with their psyche a little bit. Ah, but then they get the comeback against Arizona. This team is destined to win it all, except they didn't. So you factor that in. Recent enough history to still be painful and still be raw. And that's where I think we're at, you know, with all the reactions we had this year and the last decade of Illinois basketball, that it was mediocre at best. 
you couple that with never having won a national title, and it's no wonder we're so loud and obnoxious in the eyes of other fan bases because we're hungry. And I would argue we're hungrier than any fan base. I remember as a kid thinking that when Illinois lost, well, why don't we as a fan base get to have that joy? Why, why does the other team that we lose to, let's say a Maryland in the 1998 NCAA tournament in the second round, I know Maryland has fans, right? But even at that young age, I thought, well, I, I think Illinois has more fans. So by that measure, why shouldn't we win so more people can be happy? I think if I remember anything from my philosophy course in college, I think it's utilitarianism. The principle being uh, the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people, right? And we know Illinois fans, there are millions of them. One of the best fan bases in college basketball. So if we were to go up against, uh, let's say, Loyola Chicago on Sunday, some part of me always reverts to that younger self that says, well, I know we got more fans than Loyola Chicago. So wouldn't it only be the right thing that the millions of Illinois fans get to experience that joy while the few hundred thousand Loyola Chicago fans just say, eh, it's okay. They're the number one seed. And then as we progress, you can bet that I'm going to have that little seed if we play a Gonzaga in the national title. Of course they got fans. Does Illinois have fans? More of them. Yes, absolutely. Do they have more long-suffering fan base than Gonzaga? Absolutely. Are we due, as my friend Harry Black would say? Absolutely. You factor all that in, right? And that is a heavy burden to carry as a fan. I've mentioned fan pressure before. Lon brings it up in our conversation here. And I often mentioned it back in 93.5 that, you know, the 05 team is an example where as fans, we started feeling that pressure that they probably felt tenfold where we thought, well, we're number one, so we damn well better do it this year. And yet somehow, some way, even with all that heaviness in the history of Illinois basketball, never having won a national title and knowing that this team is primed and ready to finally get you off the schneid, off the schneid. Sorry, we can't do the barbershop quartet without the other guys. I still somehow don't feel the same pressure I felt back in 05 or even for that matter, 2001. Because that was the first time in my life where it felt like we had a team that could make the final four, right? The first time that I could remember watching a team that can make the final four. I feel different. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's being 34 instead of 18 in senior year in high school when everything is heightened, right? Everything is dramatic and extreme when you're 17, 18 years old, including your sports fandom. But my sports fandom is still pretty extreme. My reactions, as you hear on the podcast, I mean, they're emotional. And Sunday's game against Ohio State was a reminder of what it's like when you have a lose, win, or go home mindset, excuse me. Even though the season was going to continue after that game, I wanted it so badly. And I want this team so badly to make that deep run. And yet, as the games start, I think I'm going to be fairly calm until there's reason to freak out. We're down eight with 10 to go. Regardless of the opponent, of course, I'm going to pucker up and be like, oh my God, please do not let this happen. But for the most part, as the games are going on, I'm going to try to remind myself to do what I did for most of the Big Ten tournament, even against Iowa when they got it within five late. Of course, I'm a little bit nervous, but I had this underlying sense that we'll get it done because that's all we've done this year. When the lights are brightest and the opponents are better, all we've done since the Ohio State loss on January 15th, and of course, there is the Michigan State kind of aberration, and I'm going to call that an aberration because I think it was. All we've done is win. All we've done is win. And not just that, you've done so against great teams. Teams the caliber of which you will not be playing this weekend, and arguably teams the caliber of which you will not be playing next weekend either. If the Big Ten really is the best conference since the 04 ACC, as Ken Palm analytically has broken down and proved, and as our eye test may tell us between Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, then I think we're going to be okay. Oh, Purdue, I'll throw Purdue in there. I think we're going to be fine. I really do. And not just fine, but the team that other teams don't want to play. The brackets come out, we look at it, see Loyola, Chicago, and Oklahoma State, and we think, you got to be kidding me. Well, how do you think they felt? Loyola, Chicago feels like they should be a seven or a six seed, right? 24 and four, a team that made the final four a few years ago, a program with some pedigree, at least recent history, right? And they're thinking, you've got to be kidding me. 
we're playing Illinois in the second round if we beat Georgia Tech, the ACC tournament champions. I'm sorry, but I get the feeling they got screwed more than Illinois. Oklahoma State, think about them. They thought maybe a two seed, three seed for sure. I remember thinking the same thing when Brian Cook and that Illinois team won the Big Ten tournament in 03, and then 30 minutes later, they say, hey, here's your four seed, and thinking, you got to be kidding me. We deserve better than that. Well, that's what Oklahoma State's feeling right now. Of course, that can feed into their performance, and they will be ready if they get the opportunity to play Illinois. Same with Illinois if they get the opportunity to advance. And I actually don't mind the fact, as as a fan, I don't want the narratives, right? But this team clearly fuels themselves on any perceived slight. Now, Io said all the right things on an interview with 670 The Score. He said, I don't even know who's in our bracket. And they said, oh, come on, Io. He's like, no, I mean, we're playing Drexel, right? He's like, but I was cutting down the nets when all this was happening, and I haven't really went back to take a closer look. I don't not believe that. (laughs) It's a double negative. I I believe what Io's saying. I do. I I believe that they, for the most part, have said, okay, we got Drexel, and then we'll play who we play Sunday. The healthiest attitude that you can have. Meanwhile, you know Loyola Chicago is thinking, ooh, hey, Illinois, if we beat Georgia Tech, of course they're going to be focused on that first game, but they know what could be looming there. This is a very roundabout way of saying, and again, not to do so just to rationalize and and say, well, I think Illinois will win. No, I I genuinely do. I really do. For the first time in my life, I have full confidence that, yeah, this is the team that's going to get it done. And if it doesn't happen, of course, it's going to be tough to come on this podcast and say, well, that's it for the season. You know, there is always that element there. And of course, that's a scary thought. We've come this far. It's been an amazing journey. We're riding this wave that we don't want to end. And I know the players are feeling the same way. And if they find themselves kind of like the 05 team, four minutes to go in a significant hole in one of these games against a good team, scary place to be, right? And that could happen. It could. And maybe they'll come back and maybe they won't. But why do we watch sports, right? Because when you do win, and when you win meaningful games, the feeling of joy that you get from it, it's hard to match. And then there's the other side of the token, where if you lose a meaningful game and the season ends right then and there, the emptiness, that void, yet we keep coming back. Let's say it doesn't end well, and we feel that emptiness again. Well, yeah, it's going to suck, but we'll get over it. I mean, come on, we're Illinois fans. We've been through worse. Also, this team has accomplished something tangible. They won a Big Ten title. They gave us the best two and a half weeks of a regular season and Big Ten tournament I've ever lived through. I've never lived through a run like that. It's incredible what they've done. And they've done so in a year where we were so starved for joy. They gave us that. I mentioned that word before. There's been an absence of it, but this team has provided it. So I'm going to be grateful for them no matter what. I know we'll leach wrote an article for Smile Politely today that I think kind of focuses on that, how grateful he is for what we've seen so far. And I'm in that same boat as Will is. But all that said, we're watching because we think they can win it. And we're going to be invested because we think they can win it. So what the hell? Line up, play who you're going to play, 40 minutes on the court, I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances against any of these teams. Knowing that if you get to the national title, of course, Gonzaga is the number one team in the nation. They deserve that. They got what, like what, four or five NBA players on the roster? I'll look at ours and I'm like, well, I know Iowa and Kofi, they'll, they're going to be playing in the league. Kofi, at least some point. I know Corbello is going to be in the league at some point. I know that our talent level has just went way up in the last four years. Oh, and you got seniors like Trent Frazier and DeMonte. And we know the old saying, seniors die hard. We got a great collection of guys, all of whom are playing good ball. So I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances. And keep in mind that Brad Underwood, in one of those videos, one of those awesome videos that the Illini basketball account set out, he said, give me the hardest path. 26 years it took me to become a head coach. Give me the hardest path. And they just went through the hardest path that I can remember as an Illini fan in the Big Ten. And if the Big Ten is that good, excuse me, if the Big Ten is as good as we think it is, then this is very doable. This is doable. Will it be scary? Will it be tense? Will we be nervous, anxious, fearful even? Of course. But think about what happens if they do win and think about how you're going to feel. That's why we're watching. Because if we get that feeling, that excitement and that joy, 
oh my God. And if they win it all, it changes the fan base for the better. We puffed our chest out for a long time because we have a lot of reasons to do so, but to finally have that national title would mean the world. There would not be a better sports moment in my life, and I've been lucky. I grew up with the Bulls that won six out of eight. I grew up with the Yankees winning from 96 to 01, except for one, or uh, 2000, except for one year, right? Four and five years for World Series. Illinois football, a Sugar Bowl and a Rose Bowl, I know they've sucked otherwise. Illinois basketball has given me so many great memories. And it hits closer to home. As much as I love the Yankees, as much as that is a family thing for us, Illinois basketball is also a family thing, possibly even more so. And we get to share it with the community around us and see that joy in action. See people actually get to enjoy the fruits of what this program is doing. So let's do it, right? This is the last podcast before we'll do the Friday second half pod. It's a second half post game for Drexel. Then get to spend the rest of the day watching Loyola Chicago, Georgia Tech, watching Tennessee and Oklahoma State against their 12 and 13 seeds. So that'll be fun. Going to be a great day of basketball on what looks to be a beautiful, sunny March day. Sunday looks to be picturesque whenever Illinois plays an eight or nine seed, whoever that may be. But have faith. I bet Sister Jean would tell you to have faith, right? Have faith in this team. Have faith in this team that they can get it done and will get it done because they've given us no indication to believe otherwise. And I'm going to enjoy every minute of this. And I hope it is six games. I hope that we have, what, six times 40, 240 more minutes with this team on the court. And boy, oh boy, just, just picture for a moment what it would feel like. It's not a dangerous thing to do. You can still picture it. And if it doesn't happen, that, that's no skin off your back. But know the joy that you would all feel if they get this done. I'm already picturing that day. I'm picturing that evening. <laughs> I'm picturing that podcast. It's been a pleasure to be along this ride and to do these podcasts. If it were a regular season, there would have been games that we couldn't do because I'd be at the State Farm Center watching some of them or Trevor and Isaac would be going to some. So being able to document every single step along the way has been so much fun. Sometimes frustrating, but mostly fun. And we have unfinished business as a program, as a podcast, as a Illini fans, we got unfinished business. And I'm really excited to see how these next three weekends unfold. And yeah, I do think it'll go three weekends. So let's tip it off. And to do so, we brought on our old friend, Lon Tay from back in 93.5, of course, from the Tane J show back in the day. We did Tane Carp for a couple of years and now The Drive with Derek Piper and Trevor Valise on 93.5. And it was great catching up with him. I hopped on with Lon and Trevor last Friday before Illinois started their Big Ten tournament run. We're both in agreement a little bit, as you'll hear, that there is a storybook thing happening. I think we're both feeling really good about where this thing's going. So we get into that. We get into our history as Illini fans and how meaningful it would be if they actually cut down the nets. So we get into all that and more. So it's a pleasure to bring on my old friend, Lon Tay, ESPN 93.5. You can follow him on Twitter, at Lante ESPNCU. Lon, we talked on Friday uh, when I hopped on the show, and that was a lot of fun to catch up with you and Trevor, even though I guess I catch up with Trevor like twice, three times a week. But as we were talking about this team, we felt good going in the Big Ten tournament. I think you and I are a bit on the same wavelength here where we're sensing the storybook that's being written. So as we enter the NCAA tournament, do you still get that same sense that you had last time we talked entering the Big Ten tournament? I, I totally do, Mike. I, it's it's just one of those situations where I'm sure as a fan, I'm praying and hoping for the storybook. But when I look at this team and how they have dominated the last month of the season, what, 10 of 11 against, you know, quad one teams essentially almost every night. When I when I look at that and I, I look at the rest of these teams in college basketball, I just feel as though Illinois – is a team that nobody wants to play. And I know as we look at brackets and we see Loyola, Chicago, who on Ken Palm's like eight. I mean, that that was not a very fun bracket that Illinois uh, was attached to. Let's be honest, not fair at all. But in Loyola, Chicago is not going to beat Illinois, right? I mean, if they do, then kudos to them. But the way this Illinois team is playing, I just don't feel like this team is going to get tripped up until we get to the final four. And when it, when it happens there, we'll just see who's on the other side of the bracket, whether it's Baylor, 
whether it's Ohio State again, I don't want to play them again. No. Um, <laughs> they're our kryptonite. But, I mean, they are the they are the quintessential bad matchup for whatever reason. It's just in it, totally. We won, we won two out of three against them, but I, I don't want to chance it a fourth time. I totally agree, and of course, we know what Baylor can do. I'd like to play Baylor again, knowing how we're playing now compared to back then. Not that Illinois was playing bad basketball by any means when they faced Baylor, but I just I don't know, Carp. I think it boils down to this. I just think Illinois is really, really good. And I think if they play their game and they have so many guys that can add in, you know, whether it's Grandison one night, whether it's Adam Miller knocking a shot down, the way Curbelo has played, this team is so much better now with him on the court. I just think if this team plays to its potential each night, every six, you know, all, all of these six games, they, there's no reason why they shouldn't win this entire thing. Yeah, I'm trying to stick with that mindset, too. And I feel more confident, as we talked about on Friday, than even, let's say, 05. Because back then, mm-hmm. there, there was that team. And back in 01, Arizona was already in your region. So I, we've seen these landmines in front of us. And I know that we're gravitating towards Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, for a good reason. But I also said in the last podcast that this is the NCAA tournament, and we're assuming things go scratch, whether that be Loyola Chicago or Oklahoma State or even Houston at the end of it, or or West Virginia for that matter. And I'm just holding out hope maybe for like a Michigan State 2001 thing where they had to play 10-seed Temple to get in the to get in the final four and i'm thinking you know these things can happen we're, we're just assuming as fans often do that we are going to get the toughest path and i just don't know if that's going to be the case i think that's a great point carp that's immediately what you do and you always have this thought like there's going to be one of these regions that follows chalk all the way to the final four and you always go into it feeling like you're the region that's going to do that well here's what i'd say if you're the reason, or region that actually follows chalk, that's good news for Illinois because you're you're the chalk guy, yeah, sure. right? I mean, right. You're, you're the one making the uh, doing the chalk. So if that happens, you know, so be it. I mean, I look at these other twos. If it would get to that point, I don't know that I want to play Alabama. They look pretty good. No. I don't want to play no. Ohio State again. Iowa, I'll take them. That's fine. But Houston, I just don't know anything about them, and you know. Is that the kind of team that is going to beat this good of an Illinois team to get to a Final Four? No, I just don't think that. I don't. I don't think it is. What is scary, and I agree with you, and you just said it. I mean, is you could get two games into this thing, and all of a sudden you meet Oklahoma State, who has the best player, probably the number one pick in the NBA draft, in your bracket, and not only him, but when he sat out, this Oklahoma State team, similar to what Illinois did without Io played at a high level. So they obviously have a lot of talent. And of course, as we know, the NCAA, they're just, you know, what's when it comes to this stuff, how they <laughs> always have to make a story. Always with the everyone. narrative. Always. Always. And it's just to me, I told Pipes on the air the other day, I, I just don't think it's fair to Brad Underwood or Oklahoma State that those two would have to meet up because they both, I mean, well, I don't think Brad dislikes Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State hates Brad. And, and, you know, it's just that narrative of if Oklahoma State beats Illinois, then it's like, oh, yeah, we got the ultimate revenge like Illinois could never do against Bill Self. And then if Underwood beats o- Oklahoma State, well, then he's hated even more. You know, it's just why do that? Why yeah. throw that in there? You know, give us Virginia uh, in, in our bracket or, you know, I don't even know what's a, a number four. Give us Florida State, although I don't like that matchup. Yeah, it's a tough matchup. So, yeah, that with the uh, length and everything. So whatever. You know what? They've got one stud, and we've got two or three guys on defense that can absolutely rise to the occasion. And, Carp, if Illinois is going to win this thing, it's going to be because their defense absolutely did the job. So you know what? Bring on Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma State. Hold him to a, a decent number, and then go whip their you-know-whats. You know, the Ohio State game on Sunday, in a weird way, should have given me pause because I I thought, if I'm being honest with you, it was an A-plus in terms of toughness and and resiliency for Illinois to get through that game when you have a 17-point lead, it evaporates, you keep them at arm's length, you go to overtime. They rode the wave, and they got it done. So A-plus for the mental aspect of it. But I really thought otherwise, Lon, that was like a B-minus performance from Illinois. When you consider, Io was inefficient. Kofi was a non-factor really in the second half and you still won. And yes. so I, I, in a weird way, 
despite that being your, wor- I guess, worse, uh, worst performance in the Big Ten tournament, it, it just says, well, that's the four against a two seed in the NCAA tournament. That's the, f- I, I genuinely think that w- what we saw on Sunday is the floor for this team going forward. And then I look at the bracket that we have in front of us and think, hell, what we've done, and like Sean Harrington, I think, tweeted out, what you guys in the last six games, it ain't going to get tougher than that for the next six. Nope. Nope. I, that's a great point, Carp. And don't forget, even though we know that Dwayne Washington is a hell of a basketball uh. player, don't forget the shots that he was making <laughs> with guys in his face. Right? I mean, give him credit and, and give Illinois, you know, Chen Coleman, who basically runs the defense, they made the switch with putting a taller I.O., on Dwayne Washington, and he still was making shots over us. And it, it's like they got an otherworldly performance out of him, and yet, you know, you still win the game when your two studs aren't quite studly like they can be. So I, I just don't – I mean, that you said it perfectly there, Carp, that this team, in other words, if Io, let's say Io plays five out of six games at All-American – potential, which he very well could do, Sure. then those are five games that you feel really good about winning because you've got an All-American guard dominating on the court. Now, it's the one game that he doesn't. Is that going to be against Oklahoma State? Is that against Houston? Is that against Baylor? Is it the, is it the title game? Well, I have all the faith in the world that even if he doesn't have that sixth All-American game, somebody else is going to step up and have an All-American kind of performance, like a Trent Frazier or Andre Curbelo or Kofi. I just feel like there's so many weapons on this team, and the depth of this team can just wear teams out. Like, for instance, you know, you look at these, play a game and then sit and play another one. Well, you've got, like, Loyola, Chicago's got to battle Georgia Tech, who's feeling as good as anybody coming into this tournament. Yeah, definitely. And and then all of a sudden, if they win that two days later, guess what? You got Illinois staring you in the face. And then you get to an Oklahoma State. Let's say you beat Oklahoma State. You got Houston. Let's say let's say they knock off West Virginia in a dogfight. Well, guess what? Two days later, you got Illinois sitting there staring at Houston going, hey, baby, we're fresh. I hope you are. So I just think the depth of this Illinois team and the ability of different guys to rise to the occasion all season. You know what I'm defining there? A team that can win a national title. That's exactly what I'm defining, and that's how I see Illinois. Yeah, and you know it's different, let's say, than 05. And not to compare those two teams, but it's kind of inevitable because they were the last team to make a run like this. No doubt. Or, or that we expected to. But being so predicated on the three-point shot, we all knew that entire season, boy, let's let's hope they don't have that one-off night in the tournament. And right. They kind of did. I mean, how many threes did they shoot in that North Carolina game? I mean, it was massively oh. inefficient. And, and yet you still had a chance, right? But with this team, it, they, they score in the paint. Uh, and this is where the Ohio State game still blows my mind, Lon, because first off, I don't know about you. I, I thought probably four or five times in the last 10 minutes of game time, I thought we're going to lose. Did you have yeah. that feeling? I thought we were going to lose. I did. I totally did. It sucked. I mean, and I was preparing myself for that. And yet they still found a way. And you mentioned it. So Trent has the 5 nothing run on his own. DeMonte with a floater in the lane to give you that extra cushion that you don't go to overtime unless he makes that in the last minute. Yep. And then you have all the guys making free throws, including Kofi when it counted, DeMonte, <laughs> Curbelo, Io, and, and the list goes on. So you had your one out of six Io off nights, and you got it done against a team that you would prob- pl- probably play to either get in the Elite Eight or in the Final Four if you get a fourth matchup. So yeah, I think that... In a very roundabout way, it is the diverse way that this team has won games, even in the last weekend, the blowout against Rutgers, the very efficient performance against Iowa, which was just awesome, and we kind of gloss over that, and then Sunday winning ugly, yet still scoring 91 freaking points against Ohio Uh, State. It's Pick your poison if you're the opponent, right? Yes, absolutely. And you know, I was never a high-quality athlete by any means, but... When you, I have been around teams that whether I'm coaching them or watching, you know, close, like having a child, let's say playing on a team that when they're feeling good and winning, it is contagious and they can't wait to get back to the basketball court, the baseball field, whatever the case, because they are having fun and they know that they're going to go out there and play at a peak performance. And that's what this Illinois team is doing. I mean, look at how much fun they have 
on the court. How many times did Bill Rafterage sit there and gush yeah. about how, how fun this team was and how connected this team was? And yet, or, or not yet, but, uh, and you see that, and here comes Illinois into this thing going, let's go, let's get this thing going. And Carp, the other thing that we need to mention, I know early on they're playing at, you know, a site that they've probably never played at would be my guess with, with regards to the Farmers Coliseum. And you don't know quite, you know, where that second game would be on Saturday, um, in t- or I'm sorry, on Sunday in terms of where they would play that game. But you know, eventually, if you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get right back to Lucas Oil, where you've already played three games. How much of an advantage is that? I feel, how much of an advantage could that be over a team that maybe up to that point hasn't played a game at Lucas Oil? I think that could be an advantage for Illinois. Maybe not as big as I'm hyping it to be, but certainly when you all of a sudden go from a nice little cushy, farmer's field house or whatever and Hinkle and all these things to playing in a football dome stadium that has, you know, way just massive that could make it, that could make a difference for a five to eight minute stretch of a team not being able to make shots. And if you give Illinois five to eight minutes at the start of a game to get a lead on you, you're done. You know, and, and even more than that though, I love the fact that they were already in Indianapolis. So they essentially mm-hmm. have a five day, uh, lead time, and and so do all the other Big Ten teams that are in the NCAA tournament. Then all these teams that are now flying in, getting their hotel yesterday, starting the quarantine for Illinois. This is old hat, but not just that. Yep. The, the last home game was basically three weeks ago, and if you look at even before that, I think I don't know what the stretch would be, but nine out of their last ten games have either been road or neutral. You know, something crazy like that. And I remember when the schedule got adjusted and the Michigan game got pushed back, and think, ah, what a bunch of crap, but. In actuality, what I think it might have done, coupled with the I.O. injury, and I, I, I said this before, and I, I kind of mean it, mean it, like give Maddie Sissoko a ring if you win the damn thing. Yeah. Because, it, <laughs> you know, it's funny, Juan, I.O. said the same thing. He said it was an unfortunate play. He was on 670 to score yesterday. He said, unfortunate play, which is his way of saying it was dirty. But then he said, but actually it was a blessing in disguise. So even he's saying that, you know, the team's feeling it. And I think wow. we saw that come to fruition Sunday when Io goes, what, seven for 18 or very inefficient right. by his standards. Um, I view that as we've had a lot of cool Big Ten tournament memories dating back to 99. We often talk about that. 03 winning yep. it. 05, I kind of view that as an afterthought because after losing to Ohio State, it was, well, we better win this Big Ten tournament. <laughs> right. I mean, this vaults to the top for you, right, in terms of Big Ten tournament memories? Is it at the top now I- for you? It was number one. The only other one was Cook his senior year because mm-hmm. I was there okay. um, as a fan. It was like the first time I'd gotten out of the media business and could just go as a fan and enjoy it. And there was something about that trip. I went with three other guys. We had a great time. We happened by Peoria on the way to Chicago. I don't know how you do that, but we did. Found some trouble there. And, and you know, it's just one of those where that memory, when it comes to a personal setting for me, is – one, I'll never forget watching Brian Cook dominate a kid. I, I uh, covered when he was in high school, of course, at Lincoln. So yep. it was kind of a cool little storybook ending for me and Brian Cook, essentially. But that said, Carp, I was so nervous Sunday watching that game yeah. against Ohio State. And I don't know if it's the EJ Liddell factor. I don't know if it's the idea of Michigan and Ohio State seemingly this past you know calendar year getting all these little uh, nice breaks, Ohio State and football, where they change the rules. Michigan, they don't change the rules, and that, you know, that helps them win a regular season title. I don't know if it was the fact that it's hard to win a national title, let's be honest, right? So the idea that I wanted Illinois to at least win something, and that would be the Big Ten Tournament Championship trophy, couple all that together, and I can remember looking at Andrew, my son, with about four minutes left in regulation of that game. And I looked at him and I said, you know, this game really doesn't mean anything is the funny part. I mean, it means the world. <laughs> you know, right, It right. means the world to all of us. But in the grand scheme of things, I almost guarantee you that Illinois was a one seed already. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt they were. And so in, in that scope of things, hell, maybe if we lost, we wouldn't have Oklahoma State, Loyola, Chicago, and all these teams in our bracket. But the point is, it got to that point where I was trying to calm myself and I just couldn't. And I thought to myself in my brain, I sat there and thought, man, this must be a big game Lon, Cause you are sitting here at 50 years old, openly nervous 
about a sporting event. And it's like, what is wrong with you? I mean, I, I even looked at Andrew that day, Carp, after it ended. And I looked at Andrew and I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch these games. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, <laughs> I mean, for us, we're watching it. And for me, during these second half pods, I've noticed that my coping mechanism when things don't go well is I just keep talking. And, you know, it's, yes. it, that's my tick. And meanwhile, Trevor and Isaac, and this is the cool thing. You know, you mentioned the nerves, and I had the nerves too. And I, I like I, Ugh. like we both agreed. I mean, I thought they were going to lose a few points in that. And it would have taken, it wouldn't have meant anything. You're right. In, in terms of you get the one seed, you can still win a national title. But it would have taken a right. lot of juice out of that next yeah. hour because we would be like, yeah, Drexel, whatever. Oh, God. And exactly. then and then it would have been Loyola <laughs> Chicago, are you bleeping me? And then Oklahoma. But instead, it's like, ah, bring him. And, 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 to, hear, and to hear Trevor's reaction, because for me, I think it was the culmination of the entire week leading up to it and some fatigue where I, as the game was winding down and DeMonte was shooting his second free throw, the camera cut to Io, Trent, Kofi, and DeMonte with their arms over each other's shoulders, re- realizing they won. And that was when I realized we're Big Ten champions. We're like, holy oh. crap. And, and I had a hard time getting it out. I've never gotten choked up during a live sporting event. And then to hear Trevor... Wow. And his reaction, and think about this for that generation of fans. Yes, this is their team, and and they they've been waiting forever. The, oh five, you know, Trevor was what um, six, oh. seven. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> fuzzy memories for that generation, and now they get their own. So for me, it's like ah, I'm thirty four. This is old hat, even though it's been sixteen years since we've had a great team. But you know, and and same for you. You've seen so many great teams, but it, it is so cool to see that emotional reaction. I know Trevor wasn't alone from younger people. They're like, holy crap, they did it. They did it. Great point, Carp. And, and, and as you were talking there, it's funny because you've got Trevor, who's, this is his first go around. You've got you, this is your second go around. And you got me, this is essentially my third go around because 84, that team, that team, Listen, could have won a national title in 84. That was a good team. But I don't really, I was 14 years old. I wasn't quite invested like I was then in 89. And then, of course, those teams that followed. But if you look at it that way, like this is Trevor's first time to really experience that. Your experience at this, you know, two times, but yet in your mind, you're thinking, well, look, if it happens every 16 years, I've got two or three more of these in my life to, to win a national title. And I don't think by the age of 66, I'm going to be gone from this earth. I hope not. But as you get to my age and you've already experienced the heartbreak twice of 88, 89, of 04, 05, the genuine pressure of just seeing your team win a national title and it would solve the world's problems, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm being serious. How many I times... Agree. <laughs> well, I talk to buddies that aren't Illinois fans. I'm talking like I'm down in Florida talking with three guys I don't know, and we're shooting the bull about college basketball, and I bring up, yeah, I'm an Illini fan. Oh, that's a pretty good program. Well, yeah, it is. You're de- you know, I mean, this is a top 15 program in the history of basketball, but what does it not have? And so I felt that pressure with the St. Louis Blues when they won their, st- when they won their Stanley Cup. I've never felt that pressure with the Arizona Cardinals because I've never felt like they were ever – a team that really actually deserved to win a Super Bowl. Now I would be ecstatic if they ever did. And they almost did it for me, but like with the blues, that was a team that for years had made the playoffs over and over and over kind of like Illinois for years, they made the tournament over and over. And yet we had nothing to show for it with regards to the final celebration. The blues finally did that for me. And there is a part of me that's looking at that thinking, okay, that would maybe be the last big thing that I need to accomplish as a sports fan. Is Illinois winning a national title in basketball? I don't know that they'll ever do it in football. I just feel like the odds are so against you when it comes to the football sector of life. But when it comes to basketball, we know that Illinois can win a national title. They've had arguably the two of the best, you know, the two best teams in two of the tournaments and didn't win it. So it's one of those where I sit here now at 50 going, oh, please. I mean, is, this might be my last run <laughs> <laughs> well, at a national yeah. title. <laughs> and you look at it, right? And you look at the history of Illinois basketball, and it is that sort of thing where 
you know, people recognize, I think good college basketball fans recognize how good of a program it is. Amen. And, and Amen. here's, there's no shame. I mean, there are more programs than not that have not won a national title, but it's the fact that the, the company that you're around has found there is at one point or another. Even Syracuse is a good example of a program that's probably in the same wavelength historically as you, and they get that one in 03 with Carmelo. They have that special run. And then you look at other schools. I was looking at this today, how UConn won one randomly in 2014. And that and, and the coach isn't even there anymore. It's just a random no. four seed making a run the tournament. It's like, God, why can't we have that? And I always thought, that when we would win it, it wouldn't necessarily look as pretty as 05 or 89. It wouldn't even necessarily be the best team in Illinois history. But I got to say, um, if they carry this out, I, I renege what I said earlier. I take that back because mm-hmm. you can make an argument if this team even just makes a Final Four for best teams in Illinois history because, uh, you know, 89 with all the NBA talent they had and the athleticism, 05 for just how damned efficient they were. But this team oh. and and the journey that they took to get to this one seed. I, I, I appreciate, Lon, the fact that in 89 and 05, that was kind of predetermined, and we expected it in a way. That's a great point. And while we expected this at the beginning of the season, we had to first go down into this valley before we eventually peaked, and that made it all the more worth it the last two months. Uh, that, Carp, I, you, you said it perfectly there. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. I'll go to my grave one day saying that the 88-89 Flannel Adai team was the best team in college And they probably were. Yeah, yeah, they probably were. I mean, they had, you know, they had beaten Michigan twice that year handily. They had just beaten Michigan on the road by like 16. And, you know, and then for that to happen now, I credit Michigan, obviously, for stepping up. And, but the point that, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that that's the case. There's a little more doubt in the 0405 because that North Carolina team was really good. Um, and even that Michigan team in 88, 89, I mean, I think they had six guys mm-hmm. go on to play in the NBA. Yep. So it's, it's not, I mean, you look at that and you're like, Whoa, are you sure Illinois was the best? Yeah. Because I saw it happen twice that year when they crushed Michigan. Um, and then, yeah, that Oh four Oh five team, but, but you're right. The path this year is two years ago. They won what? 12 games. They won this, this program and set the most, the record for most losses in a season. So they went from, if I recall, his first year was four and fourteen in the Big Ten, and then I think they won seven oh. games the next year. And now here you go. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump in the Big Ten tournament. You went nineteen and four against your conference Incredible. foes in the toughest conference in Ken Palm history, and that goes back twenty years. And and I think this is why this team, in a lot of ways, Lon is more akin to the '89 team because that was a loaded Big Ten, and, and what yes. they did was made all the more impressive by it. And it's taking nothing away from '05, but. You know, they did their job and they did it exceedingly well. But I think there were two or maybe three ranked opponents in the Big Ten all year for them. And here we are playing, wow. playing you know, a litany of top ten teams in the last two weeks. It's unbelievable. And winning every single one. I've never, I, I knew that whenever something like this were to happen, when they win a national title, it would look and it would feel different. But this is, I don't know, I, I feel like I still am collecting my thoughts on it because it has been the most wild, to be honest, two and a half weeks from that Wisconsin game to now, which changed everything. Well, how many times did you look at that schedule leading up knowing that you had to play, you know, at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State? Nobody in their right mind would be like, "Yeah, you're going to win all three of those." Yeah, and then you're going to go take the Big Ten tournament. Now they might say you could win the Big Ten tournament, but to do all of that, <laughs> I mean, and, and by the way, if you recall early in the season, we looked at that schedule, and I had said on the podcast, "You better go nine and one." Like I'll give yeah. you a loss in there. And what did they do? They won five and three to start, and we're like, "Oh my." God, I think I forget if the Maryland one came before Ohio State. I think it might have. I think it did. And then the Ohio State game on that Saturday. And then by the time you played Penn State at home the next Tuesday, which was the warm up for Iowa, and that that that's a game that with all these amazing moments, we kind of, you know, step over the Iowa game on January 29th, even though you needed that if you were ever going to get to Good this point. point. But yeah, the Penn State game, this sort of warm up and he got the job done. But even then, God, it's it still felt so different where it's like, yeah, I guess I'll go back on what I said earlier, and I'll just take the four seed. Give me the four seed in the NCAA tournament. And then, nah, number three overall. Then, it's, it's incredible. It really is. And you've seen the maturation of guys like Andre Corbello. You, I mean, we'll never understand how good he is for this team and mm-hmm. how much his ascension has meant to not Illinois being a good team. They were a good team. 
even when Andre Corbello wasn't averaging 15 or 16 a game like he has the last couple of weeks. But they are a great team now with him doing that. I mean, he changes the whole mindset of a, of, of a game when he comes in to the point where, like, you don't even, like, I, I look at Corbello and expect magic. I look at Adam Miller and just expect a solid game. Like, I, I'm not expecting Adam to go out and knock down four threes, you know, in the second round of the NCAA tournament. But he can do that. And I, it just the, the way that Trent, you know, there's these little storylines, the ascension of Andre Corbello and how good he is. The idea that Kofi right now can catch every pass that comes into him and for the most part, get those at least to the rim to draw a foul. We know what Io can do. And then you just, you keep looking at this and you look at what Trent Frazier has done in terms of completely changing his game around to where now he takes the court saying, give me Cade Cunningham, give me, you know, this guy, whatever, let's go, let's see what you got. And he wants to just nose to nose you on defense. I just love it, man. And they are playing with such a swagger and a fun. I mean, they're having so much fun. And a guy like Georgie, who just really is so key to a team like that. And keep in mind, you know, he goes and scores 10 straight points in a Big Ten tournament. I mean, there's just all these little stories. Yeah, I mean, all these. It's just incredible. And those are things you'll always remember. And. You know what, Carp? I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this because I know, I know we said about a half hour. I'll end it with this. It's time. It's our time. It's our time to win it. And, you know, I don't care if it's this crazy COVID season and there's none of the Blue Bloods are, are you know, really in this tournament. And if they are, they're like an eight or a nine seed. And there's all this talk about, you know, well, this COVID really, you know, you know what? I don't care. I don't care because if Illinois – is going to win this thing. You're going to have to. You're, you're going to have five teams that are going to be good. You got to beat, and let's just go do it. Let's take them down. Let's help Indiana in terms of them continuing to have the only undefeated uh, national champion ever. Because Gonzaga's path is so easy, it's ridiculous. And let's meet them as an undefeated and say, okay, Gonzaga, you spent most of your year playing, you know, these teams I've never heard of. We spent our year playing Michigan and Iowa, and Ohio State, and we're going to show you tonight what that means. Yeah, before I let you go, last thought here, and to that point, you would mention during the Ohio State game, you were thinking, I don't know if I can do this, in terms yes. of you know the, the heat of a March Madness game, and the next loss is your last loss, and that is the oh. weight of all these games. And I've thought that too, and that's why these second-half pods at least give me that coping mechanism of just talking through it, because otherwise I'd probably throw a remote control, or you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but... I got to say, this is the first time in my life that I will, you know, unironically put Illinois as national champion when I fill out the bracket. And I'm not alone. You look at prognosticators. I know Brad Evans, old friend, that's yep. what he put. And But it's not just because he's an Illini fan, but I mean, the metrics and, and the eye test and everything tells us that this is the team other than Gonzaga that is the team to beat. And I got to say, as nervous as I'll be, Lon, as the games start, I noticed this even Sunday. The nerves came in eventually, but you give me the first media timeout, regardless of opponent, and the game's underway. Then I remember, I tell myself, remember what this team has done, and just let them do their thing, and it will take care of itself. I can't believe I'm in that Good position call. of like quiet confidence, but it really is this sort of, uh, all right, you guys do what you do. You'll get it done. And, yep. and I've never had that before. Yeah, and you said it best. When we did our shows with Tay and Jay, Tay and Carp, et cetera, you always said it best that the fan pressure, we sit there and oh, yeah. think how nervous <laughs> we are watching this game. You know, Carp, those guys are out there, and, and two minutes into the game, they're not thinking about, they're not worrying no. about being nervous no. anymore. They may be nervous at the tip. They may, you know, I, I can remember in high school basketball having like two minutes into a game, I couldn't, I had zero saliva, you know, I, where, I had a buddy of mine, Henry Dixon, with, he was the manager, and he would, he would hand me a water bottle like two minutes into every game just so I could get some sort of semblance of saliva in my mouth. I was just, it was the nerves then ended, and then you start sweating, and then it's just a game. It's a game these guys have played a hundred times, so let's see who the better team is, and right now, Illinois is the better team. Yep. Well, what I'm hoping for, Lon, is that as we get into April – that uh, we talked on Friday about visualizing what that would be like. You asked me if I had. I said, absolutely. I visualized it. I know what that Tuesday or even that Monday evening would look like. And yes. I'm, I'm hoping for a 
you know, a postscript that we can talk about here on the show and we can just, I mean, you talk about a load off. This would be the ultimate oh. load off. And, and uh, in this year of all years, you know, it, it's when we've been lacking joy and being able to go do things that we normally do. Holy crap. Amen. I mean, it's just, it's lining up. It is lining up and I'm, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. And I'll tell you what's funny. I would be so happy for guys like you and guys that I know have, have put so much vested interest into this team. I'm right there with you in that. But I would just be happy for us yes. because, you know, we are always just great fans. We love Illinois no matter what the occasion. Do we complain if they're not good? Yes. But that's just because we want them to be good. And I, I would just be so happy for this entire fan base, including myself, if we can win a national title and cut down those nets. And I just, I think the joy on my face that I would watch those guys doing that that night and then having the group together where Jim Nance interviews them at the end and they talk to <laughs> IO and Brad. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. You can visualize it. And you know what? Let's go do it. Let's go do it, Carp. Hey, cool. uh, before I let you go, that last thing you mentioned that, you know, I'd be happy for us. I'd be happy for me. You know what that reminded me of was Stuart Smalley on SNL. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And <laughs> doggone it, people like me. People like this Illinois team. People like it. Yes, they, they, they might not like the fans because of all the you know back and forth we had the last week about the Big Ten title. But you know what? We're Big Ten champions. We're the number one seed. It's lining up. Whoa. And yes, doggone it, people like us. It's fun. <laughs> I'm going to go get in the mirror right now and just remind myself. <laughs> Lon, uh, we'll do this again soon, and I, I hope it is that uh, post-championship basking in the glow where we can just uh, oh. gra- grab a few drinks, put it in a cooler, just hit record, and and wax philosophical for a while because I, I will be beaming for the rest of 2021. Oh, my gosh, Carp. I have already watched Game 7 of the Blues Stanley Cup champion. I guarantee you I've watched it 50 times. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd, go, I'd revisit times. this. I'd revisit this. I don't know. At least this year, I'd, I'd do it two, three times a week. I know that sounds like a it's mental amazing. illness, but yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> but it's true. I think it just gives you a chance to relax and enjoy something that is fun. And it's like, I want to continue to do that forever. I just want to continue to do it forever. Hey, my thoughts are still with your family. And I'm, I'm, Thank I'm you, so glad to hear your mom is doing um, so very well. And now she's back and She's ready to roll for the NCAA tournament, so it's all coming up perfect. It is. She's excited. It's a week later. She's feeling great. And, yeah, it's already the best March ever, so now we're just going to make it the bestest March ever, I think, going forward. Great way to say it. Say hi to Kara. Will do, buddy. We'll see you soon, bud. All right. Talk to you soon, Carp. Take care, Lon. We'll see you, man. All right. So that is Lon Tay here on the 200 level. Joining us via phone. We actually did the landline thing there, which we've not done before. It sounded great, though. And always great to catch up with Lon. And yeah, I I know I keep saying this, and I'm not genuinely trying to just say this to talk myself into Illinois doing the thing. Genuinely, I'm not doing that. I feel it, right, in my bones for whatever little that's worth. But you guys know on Twitter, I have said, I got a good vibe. I got a good vibe. And I try to be very careful about that. But in its totality, these six games that would be coming up. Do I have a good vibe? I absolutely do. Are there going to be scary moments? Absolutely. Even scarier than the Ohio State game on Sunday? Maybe so. That was scary. But even that, the loss would not have ended your season. So it's not to say things can't happen that might hurt. But it's just... uh, I just find myself going down that path less and less with this particular team, and I think they've given us plenty of reasons why we should instead be optimistic that they will find a way to get this done. So let's do it. Okay, so it is Wednesday. As you uh, might be hearing this, maybe Thursday you're listening to this. Friday, we will be back for the NCAA Tournament second half podcast. Me, Trevor Isaac, will be here for an extended lunch. Extended lunch, excuse me. 12.15 tip central time, and that means we'll get on about 1.15 and get the podcast out there not long after the game ends, and then hopefully be able to just kind of relax, watch the other matchups, including Loyola Chicago, including the Oklahoma State game later that day, the teams that we might play down the road. Of course, don't look or don't overlook any opponent. Uh, Drexel being a 16 seed. Listen, crazier things have happened. It has happened once, but... This team, they know what to do. 
listening to Io's interview on 670 to score. He knows what's at stake. They all know what's at stake. They've been playing for this particular moment, and they have went through the most intense training regimen that any team in this NCAA tournament has gone through, and they passed it with flying colors. So they are primed and ready. They are a sharpened sword, and I expect them to do the thing, as Lon said. Always fun talking with Lon. Hope you enjoyed that. We're going to be back Friday. Uh, before we go, just a reminder, the 200 Levels brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 Cal Zones and $6 Premium and Construction Zones at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. Get plenty of Illini swag for this very special month using coupon code 200 Level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. Also got to thank Rector Construction, R-E-C-T-O-R Construction, Construction.com for everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. Go online to rectorconstruction.com for a free estimate today. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. No coupon code needed. You're going to get great State Farm prices. Excuse me, Brian. I kind of stumbled over that. Great State Farm prices and personalized service. I can vouch for it. Our homeowners and auto bundle. Brian took care of every single step. Brian Hansen, State Farm Agent, and BrianIsMyGuy.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer, the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, and you, the listeners. It's been a monster week, been a monster month, probably going to be a monster month ahead in terms of listeners, and we appreciate new listeners and those who've been around for a while. Hope you're, you're enjoying it. We hope that we are giving you quality content. Uh, but as evidenced by my stumbling over my words, this may be time to end the podcast. So that's what we'll do. Hey, this is Decadence, out of your head from our latest album, Fever Dreams, anywhere music is streaming. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, do whatever you got to do if you're moderately stitious like I am before Friday's game as Illinois tips it off against Drexel in the NCAA tournament. It is the 200 level.